Welcome to Clopen, a podcast on open educational resources in Ontario from College Libraries Ontario. Okay, well, welcome everyone to yet another wonderful edition of the Clopen podcast. We're here today with some folks from Conestoga College, so I'll let them introduce themselves. Holly, would you like to take it away? Sure. Hi, Gordana. Thanks for having us. My name is Holly Ashbourne, and I am the library technologist for e-learning and digital skills here at Conestoga College Library and Learning Services. And we also have Kim. Hi, I'm Kim Carter, uh, Open Educational Resource Project Consultant, currently on secondment from a position as a professor in the School of Business. In a nutshell, I assist uh, faculty in exploring possibilities of OER for their courses and providing them support throughout their projects from the faculty perspective. That's fantastic. It's so wonderful to have these two perspectives joining us today so that we can really get a sense of how the libraries are working with other departments at Conestoga in order to further the OER movement on your campus. So heard a little bit about your roles each, which is fantastic. And I think I'd like to throw it over to that wonderful question of now, how do you become interested in OER? Kim, do you want me to start? Yeah. <laughs> sure thing. So my interest in OER and all things open started I think we're going back almost 10 years now. In a previous position I had where I'd heard about OER at a couple of conferences that I attended. I wasn't quite sure what it is, but the notion of, you know, low cost, free, accessible textbooks and other interactive type things for students really appealed to me. So over the next few years, I kind of dabbled here and there a little bit, did a little bit of research, attended more conferences focusing on OER. And as luck would have it, in my most current role here at Conestoga, a big chunk of my role is actually supporting OER. I contribute my technical knowledge to project development, basically providing technical expertise, troubleshooting, formatting, a little bit about pedagogy, accessibility checks, that kind of thing. So it's really, for me, it spanned the better part of a decade, a lot of my career. That's fantastic. It's amazing how many of us caught the OER bug at a conference, I think. Yeah. <laughs> got, got that exposure, thought it was a really cool idea and ran with it. So Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you caught that bug? Yeah, so I, you know, I'd always seen the Creative Commons licensing posters in the hall that the library put out, but I would say the first time I really listened or got it was the library had hosted a workshop during our E3 conference and students were there and they were presenting on the high cost of textbooks and how it impacted them. And in addition, there were faculty there who had been involved in OER projects. And so, you know, it really started to resonate with me that there was something that could be done here to help students with these high costs. And uh, as I walked back from that workshop, I was walking back with my chair, who is now my dean, and we were discussing the possibility of medical terminology being a high impact course that could really help out a lot of students. And so with some library support, I started kind of like chipping away at that. 
But, you know, I really didn't get going until after I completed the Ontario Extend Empowered Educator Badge, where they have the curator module and also where I met future collaborators. And that was like the winter following. And so I would say I really caught the bug after that MOOC, that Ontario Extend mini MOOC. Now, that is one option that I haven't participated in that I've heard so many people speak very highly about. Transformational, I would say. Oh my goodness. Mm. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm almost finished it. I've actually hosted the curator module myself here at Conestoga. And like Kim said, I have learned so much, not just about open, but digital technology in general. So it's a fantastic program. I highly recommend it. So high endorsement from both of you then as, oh, yes. as a great way to learn about OER and the technologies related to, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you get, get a chance to participate with other people from other colleges, you also get to expand your personal learning network, uh, which I think becomes really invaluable in OER work because you meet collaborators and like-minded people who have also caught that bug. Exactly. I second that, Kim, for sure. Right, the collaboration piece, absolutely integral to OER. So I guess that leads to the OER projects that you have been working on, currently working on, and maybe that you're collaborating with other institutions on? Sure. So most recently for me, it's been the projects that have come out of the School of Business. So this is where Kim and I have really closely collaborated on quite a few things. So uh, eCampus Ontario had a call for VLS and CVLP funding projects. And so out of the VLS, I was lucky to participate in, I think we had six, Kim, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we had six completed projects out of that and then two out of the CVLP funding. And they ran the gamut of subject matter. We're looking at language textbooks, a French and a Spanish one, uh, business, math, supply chain, and healthcare, which I will let Kim talk a little bit more about as that was her project. And yeah, so basically the, the way that I supported a lot of these projects was once again, bringing in the technical knowledge. So at the start of our project, I provided some training workshops, some professional development workshops on everything from what is OER to Creative Commons licensing and copyright to the technical aspects of H5P and Pressbooks. And then throughout these projects, I, I did almost a little bit of everything, I would say, a little bit of copy editing, a little bit of uh, accessibility checks because that is a huge component especially in digital online tool is making sure that they're accessible as much as possible and uh, technical troubleshooting formatting you name it I think I, I helped out a little bit with it and so I think some of the highlights for me this was a huge learning opportunity for me I was able to learn about uh, a software program called LaTeX which is a way of rendering math in an online environment and making it accessible to 
almost all users, I would say. Another one working with Kim on the therapeutic communication for, for healthcare administrators, game simulations was learning a lot more about the complex H5P types like branching scenarios. And then with the CVLP funding, uh, the French and the Spanish textbooks, that was another aspect of collaboration which I really hadn't experienced before. We were able to work with uh, a vendor actually from Ottawa called Instructs Media, who specialize in e-learning design and development. And once again, it was a fantastic learning experience for me as I didn't have much experience working with vendors, developing um, RFPs, and uh, kind of vetting the vendors that we were going to decide to work with. And just the technical work I was able to gain, the experience I was able to gain was uh, was fantastic. And the books just look amazing. It's really wonderful to see what you can accomplish with experts in the field. I mean, I, you know, we do a fantastic job here at Conestoga, I think, but, you know, they're working with experts. You can really learn a lot and really take those books up a notch. Having that opportunity is incredible, isn't it? It, it? it is. It is. You know, we consider ourselves experts in s certain areas. So why wouldn't you call on an expert in uh, design technology or whatever it might be? Absolutely. It, yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity. And to get that funded was phenomenal. I have to say, I've been frantically writing down some of the subjects <laughs> that you were talking about because mm. I'm. these are pivotal for other institutions and so helpful for all of us to shift from the published textbook market or the, the for-profit market. It's, I'm going to be calling on you for some titles, I think, if you don't mind. Not at all. Would you, I do have them here if you would like <laughs> me to, uh, to list them. <laughs> Maybe we can include that in the, um, the synopsis of podcasts so that everybody can check them out because I know there's going to be interest. Sure, I can uh, I can send you links then. That might be easier. Awesome. Kim, so you had quite a big role in some of these items, like um, in terms of the business. So can you speak to some of those and, and what you found interesting in, in working with those projects? Yeah, and uh, if I can just walk back just slightly with the oh, medical terminology book um, was a multi-institutional collaboration. We actually had internal support and external with our collaborators to run a sprint. And unfortunately, the pandemic put a halt to that sprint in which we were going to bring people together to review where we were and to add ancillary resources and H5P interactivities. But uh, what I wanted to share, which was so amazing about that, was that, you know, that was supposed to happen in May 2020. And even though we couldn't still hold the sprint, we did do it somewhat asynchronously with our collaborators coming on board because they realized how valuable the resource would be to have while we were in remote learning. And through that actually led to the collaborators that put in for the VLS projects for one of them, the one that I was working on, Therapeutic Communications for Healthcare Administrators, the two other faculty members that I worked with, collaborators on that first book, and so now came on board with this second one. And actually builds off, you know, almost, almost trying to create like a suite of books for care administration students, which might also be called Office Admin Health, Health Office Admin, we carry uh, sort of many titles. And then I would say in terms of the School of Business projects, 
was really exciting because of that experience, which sort of led into this role, was able to share, you know, learnings from that to help faculty with their VLS projects. And it was really interesting taking all the different perspectives from people that maybe had never even heard of OER and then to be ready to publish, you know, within 10 months is like pretty amazing when you look at a creation from scratch. And so we couldn't have done that without our library supports. I just want to say that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it was a great collaboration, I think. And Kim, you're totally right. And honestly, that's something I didn't think of was just the growth of some of the folks that we worked with was tremendous. Some of them who, you know, might have been even a little hesitant perhaps to, to start because, you know, there is a learning curve. And I think this might speak to another question that you had was, you know, sometimes with all of the technology that is available to us, there, there can be challenges with that. There could be you know, maybe don't have the time to learn the tech. Just seeing the work that came out of these projects was phenomenal, as Kim said. I think the growth, the skills that were developed, and even, Kim, I, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you and I both have developed skills as well that we're taking to our Conestoga OER working group, developing, you know, college-level project workflows and project management to you know, really give OER a foothold here at Conestoga to kind of formalize the process. I know I've learned a lot working from you, especially in the project management area. So it's definitely, I think, a lot of growth for sure. Yeah, and I think I would just add on to that. That certainly is sort of Conestoga's from my view, uh, has been something that we do at Conestoga. We have a very consultative approach and we really want to develop people. And I think through these projects, and, and I think Holly has said that already, everybody developed. I developed, the faculty members developed, but we didn't do that like in a vacuum. We did that with supports, obviously our library supports, but our special projects team support, our upper management support, our working group support. It really does take that collaborative effort in sharing all those perspectives, you know, to get the work done, especially in a short period of time. What I'm learning from this definitely is that the Conestoga culture is 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 very pro OER. It, it sounds like it's it's a priority for Conestoga. It's something that they want to further, and they're willing to invest in it. Is that accurate in regards to Conestoga? I would say so, definitely. Just in in the few years that I've been in this role, I think maybe i think i've been in this role maybe about three or four years now in my and once again you know in my opinion i've seen this kind of start off as a grassroots movement i guess uh kim would that be an accurate representation you know to really gaining that support especially from our collaborating departments and our senior management my uh former library director is actually the AVP of student affairs now and uh, Kim can speak more to academic forum that's not something I'm really involved in but I know that she has brought forth a lot of support at that level for open and OER and my you know my library team here is clearly very supportive of the work we do as well but I think Kim can speak a bit more to uh, academic forum, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I would say our culture laid the groundwork. I think the participants that we've had go through the Ontario Extend program built champions. 
And then I, I see it supported at Conestoga in many levels. We gave a presentation at Academic Forum and they have given us an OER mandate, which is still building. We're still building those structures. The director of special projects continues to connect, you know, multiple stakeholders to fulfill that mandate. And uh, we're still building OER across departments. But one department that's really leading, I, in my opinion, I might be biased because I come from that department, is the school business. Our uh, executive dean, who's the VP of International, has for many years championed open educational resources in first year courses. And then our current dean is also an OER advocate and participated in OER provincial sp uh, sprints and advocates for OER wherever possible. And, you know, most recently it's in the School of Business strategic plan that just came out, you know, about a month ago. So we have real buy-in and real support all around, all encompassing. Mm -hmm. Now, everything is is very positive and it feels very rosy. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the hairy underbelly that might be there <laughs> in order to um, provide support to some of our, our fellow library or teaching and learning or faculty who are stymied maybe by OER. Sure, definitely. So I, I've noticed a few things and, you know, like you said, not everything is rosy, but it doesn't mean that we can't overcome those challenges. And one that I've noticed could be the amount of work or time investment perceived by OER creators. And this could be seen as a deterrent. And I will say that most of the materials and training that the library does, does center on the full creation of OER, which admittedly does take the most amount of work. So a solution to this could be informing folks that you can start small. And we, we do mention this in our training and in our, uh, our guides and our websites that we have, but you don't have to start big. You can start small. Adopt an, an OER textbook. You don't need to change anything as long as the content works for you. Maybe dabble in creating some interactives on the H5P studio rather than trying to create a whole textbook from scratch. So I think that's one challenge that could be seen, could be met, is the perception of the amount of work or time involved faculty or other creators were all super busy and that could be a deterrent for some folks unfortunately but i think the solution to that is letting people know you can start small it does you know just because you're not creating something big and wonderful does not mean that you are not a player in the oer game make an interactive pop it into your online course see how it works one that I have noticed, another challenge is, as I mentioned before, the technical aspect. There is a lot of tech, a lot of different platforms that creators can use and that they have to learn to make OER projects successful. And the idea of learning yet another new platform, yet another service, putting in the work to develop the project could be daunting for some. They may see it once again as that time commitment that they can't take on right now, or just with the pandemic, they're just tired of learning new technology. We all had to, you know, 
really pivot and learn a bunch of new tech over the last couple of years. And I think it's just another thing to learn could be a deterrent for some, but I think I hope at least the support that I provide the consultative approach could be a, a bit of a solution to that, that they're not working in a vacuum. They're not working on this alone get collaborators, reach out to the library, or I might just chase you down as well. I've been known to, if I hear people are making a project, I kind of proactively tap them on the shoulder with an email and say, hey, how can I help? So um, those are the two biggest challenges, I would say. A third challenge that I think anybody who is learning about OER is the just the overcoming the misconceptions about OER. There's pervasive myths surrounding OER, one of them being the lack of quality resources. And the library addresses this by assisting faculty with locating those quality resources, as well as providing education and information on how to judge the quality of a resource, including like how it aligns with course program learning outcomes, the currency of the information, the relevancy, that sort of thing. I would say those are probably the three major challenges that I've come across in my time working with OER. Kim, any any challenges at your end from that that different perspective outside of the library? Yeah. Well, I think I think the first thing from the faculty uh, perspective, OER creation and then integration into a course is a lot of work. So even if you were going to just adapt a book. Say you found the perfect OER and you want to adapt it. If you are replacing for-profit resources, you're likely going to have to redo all your assessments. You have to redo all of your presentation work, maybe your activities. And so that is work that goes uh, beyond actual the OER creation. So, you know, for me, as well as the amount of work that goes into creating OER, I think it's really important that as advocates, we champion the equity benefits for students the retention benefits for institutions and students, and the deeper connections that faculty make to their course content and delivery. And then we need to advocate for support in time allocation and recognition for creators, might not just be faculty, to actually do this work, right? So it has to be distributed that way. And that's really by championing those benefits. And then as Holly's indicated, you know, curating OER can also be really time consuming. You as a library folk know way better than I do. There are multiple sites and multiple OERs and that can be really daunting. And then sometimes it really needs what faculty are telling me is I need to do this collaboratively with the library while I explain my content and what I'm looking for and why the library teaches me about searching. And so I think, you know, that is also the sort of work and time that not always uh, thought about perhaps in planning. And then one thing we started to promote, which really just follows up to what Holly is saying in the School of Business, is manageable OER projects. So one of the things we're doing is case studies. So instead of having to write an entire book, you're going to write a case in a uh, you know associated teaching note, and someone else is going to write a case in an associated teaching note. And by the time we're done, we're going to have a collection. Uh, we're really trying to promote adaptations. And then interactives like the H5P as a way for people to kind of dip their toe in and not commit to maybe a year long project. All of the things that you guys are talking about that Conestoga is doing or has done really speaks to the power of that communal collaborative effort to improve access to resources, not just for students, but to the for the faculty and for the institution in general. It's 
absolutely inspiring. I, I just don't know what else to say about that. It's just truly inspiring. I think uh, another thing to sort of think about and that we get caught up in is being perfect. I don't know oh, how you yes. have conversations with mm-hmm. faculty is that you have yeah. to be okay with it not being perfect. It's good. Yes. It's ready for publishing. Yes. It's not perfect and that's okay because it's it's alive, right? It's a something that we keep adding to and changing and evolving. So that's sometimes hard for everyone to accept, right? Isn't it though? That is and I think that has come up in every single podcast where we've talked about how this perception of perfection or require perception of a requirement of perfection can actually kill something that's really darn good. And it shouldn't. It's so vital to just get it out there. So I think to wrap it up, I'd love to hear your final thoughts on what do you think Ontario colleges can do in order to keep the momentum going for OER, to maintain that enthusiasm and and to grow it as well? For me, I think it's kind of twofold. I think the champions like Kim and I, I'm going to call us champions. We need to get our voices out there as much as possible. We need to advocate those benefits. We need to advocate the the why should we be using OER instead of, you know, purchased texts or or whatever. And I think Kim and I do a, do a pretty good job on that, especially on Twitter and to around the college here. But I also think it's twofold where I think support from administration and we're lucky here at Conestoga that as we talked about before we have such great support I think the support from administration is key to keep the momentum going what that looks like I'm not exactly sure each institution is slightly different as Kim said maybe it's adding it to departmental strategic plans providing more release time for projects that sort of thing and I think formalized policies and procedures around scholarly publishing including OER would help we are get recognized as a legitimate venture in academic publishing as well. Yeah, and all those things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, I, what I would share is Holly and I are part of Ontario College's OER working group. And I think sharing those connections with that group is important to keep the momentum going. But I think a key group, you know, an essential force is eCampus Ontario and the Open Library Portal. So not only like the recent VLS funding, but you know, they host regular webinars advocating and they put collaborators together, right? Through programs like Ontario Extend. And that's gonna go a long way in keeping momentum going. But that being said, funding's important. And so we need a central area that advocates for funding and eCampus does a great job with that too. Yep, Kim, I agree, definitely. We need that funding and we need to keep organizations like eCampus Ontario going, definitely. Yeah, provincial funding and then Mm -hmm. individual college funding to support those individual efforts on campus as well, which when you start doing the math is so minor in comparison to what you end up saving down the road for institutions in general and the students specifically. Definitely a win-win. Definitely. Well, I want to thank both of you so very much for this conversation today, learning about Conestoga College and your work within 
the college itself and via eCampus funding has just been so inspirational and I've taken lots of notes. I might be getting back to you on some ideas on how to further our own efforts at Niagara. Again, collaborating in order to keep the OER momentum going at Ontario colleges. So thank you both. Thank Thank you you for having us. Yes, thank you. Clopin is hosted by me, Gordana Vitesse, and produced and edited by Jacqueline Chambers-Page on behalf of College Libraries Ontario. Visit our website for more information. You'll find the link in the episode description. 